0: So hi, welcome ladies and gentlemen to the new again podcast. I'm your host Stephen Jakes and thank you for joining us. And in this episode, uh, we will be discussing the minefield uh, regarding lease car returns or lease vehicle returns. Now, uh, whether that is for personal uh, or business lease return, but before we get into the depth of the information, I'd like to introduce our resident guru himself, uh, the one and only Gary Ray. Now, Gary's been involved in the industry for almost 33 years and has a wealth of knowledge and is also a BVR LA trained inspector. Um, and so there's a lot of knowledge around this particular uh, topic around lease returns. So let's introduce Gary. Hello, Gary. How are you doing, mate? And thank you for joining us. How's things?
1: Uh, yes, very good, actually. Yeah, just to remind you, it's episode two. Um, don't mind putting that in um yeah um yeah very good thank you yeah great so uh
0: we're going to be talking about lease car returns today and um i know firsthand of the complexities and the difficulties and all the misinformation around lease car returns so um just just you know off the top of your head um just just give us a general synopsis about the, the overall topic and what we're okay, going to cover so, in this, what we're going to cover in this podcast so
1: uh most people don't think about what they're going to do with their car when they've got it, you know, even when they're buying it, they don't know when they're going to sell it. So often you'll find that, um, you know, they've signed up with deals releases where you are going to keep it for two years or three years. Um, Which is becoming
0: very popular now with people Yeah, as well. and
1: there's four-year ones. But, yeah, you, you have an agreed term. Um, and it could be a PCP. There's, you know, there's another one there, but it's just a different way of paying for, for the cars. But, um, yeah, so... It's normal, really, even when people buy a car, not to think about the, what's their exit plan. So uh, it, normally you're thinking of your exit plan when something happens. Yeah. <laughs> so you've, you're into week three you're driving around in your new lease car and then somebody, you know, inadvertently scuffs it or you get a stone chip or something and then maybe a scuff wheel in which you let yourself off and then, you know, it's not until a little bit later that you start to work out that I wonder if the lease company are okay with that or I've got to give this yeah. back and and as it goes and then you think, oh, well, I've only got a few years to go, don't no, worry about that at the yeah. moment. Because and they uh, say not to really say anything when they give you the car about those things, well, really, don't they? I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, no, it's not intentional. They're trying to get you into the car. You love the model. Yeah. You're asking them 50 questions about the car. One, You know, yeah. the last one is do the wheels scrape easy or what's going to happen if they do and, uh, most of the time, you're looking at how much the deal is, what it is per month, yeah. whether it looks good on your drive, does it give you miles per gallon, and does it fit and your it, image? And you it, know? Yeah,
0: and in your mind at that time, you're not even thinking about having an accident or scratching or, or a scuff or no, anything exactly. like that.
1: You know, so of course, you know, obviously the lease company um, want it back in reasonable order, but there are a set of guidelines out there that are set by the BVRLA, to uh, which is an independent body, which kind of set out the rules for what's acceptable and what isn't. So you might find if you looked in your glove box, which nobody ever does today, you don't even know what's no. uh, in right, there. winter,
0: like, get me scraper out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and also... Uh, My you glove box visits once every like 12 months. You, you go in your glove box <laughs> the same amount of times as you go under the box. I lost that five years ago. <laughs> Is there a penny yeah, now? You know, yeah. can I fight quickly write a Christmas card out sure. in the dark, <laughs> or a or a birthday card? And uh, you know, nobody knows who know these days knows how to pull the bonnet. You know, yeah. never mind look under there. Yeah, but not the least return bits, but very relevant to under the bonnet. I mean, uh, yes, you should be checking the oil regular, but. I mean, modern day modern cars now don't seem to need that much. So yeah. maybe the only time you'd even lift the bonnet would be to, you know, put water in your squirter thing, you know, whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not squirting. Yeah, exactly. And even then, it. Oh my God, it's not squirting. Maybe it needs a service. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So
0: okay, brilliant. So I mean, that's uh, you know uh, a good overview. So we're going to start by going through probably 10 or 12 different areas and questions which are common questions that you come up with and information that will help the listener when uh, when it comes to returning either their business return or their personal return, lease return. Yeah. So, okay, so we'll start off with the first question and that is, um, what if I have a company lease car? Yeah. Um, whether it's a big car or a small company car, what's, what do we need to know about that?
1: Right, okay, so... Um, Different companies have got different sets of guidelines, and then you've got the leases guidelines. So, that's it can be a little bit more tricky. But the, you know, here's a couple of bits of advice that will help you. Um, first off, um, if you're with a big company, then you very likely you will have a fleet manager, and uh, that fleet manager person um, will know a lot more than you do about what goes on when the cars are returned. Um, if you're a small company, then it might be one of the bosses that deals with them, or somebody who deals with the purse strings, basically. And they'll be, and they you know they may have leased cars already, and they may, you know, they may have one or two uh, had one or two experiences. And to be honest with you, most of them, um, you know, they they're limited with what they know. A fleet manager will know a lot more because, of course, that is their job role. So. Um, So let's start with the fleet manager one, the bigger, you know, the the person who's managing, let's say, 100, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 700, 800 cars. Um, They'll be used to getting calls from drivers who've had charges. Now, sometimes the charges, let's just reword that a little bit just to sort of get get to the grips with that. Um, Yeah, what is the charge? Well, okay, so um, you're a fleet manager, you've got cars coming and going on and off the fleets. Uh, most of the time, the car will be collected from the, their employee's house. Uh, the fleet company, the, the, you know, the lease company, will collect the car, drop the new one off, or sometimes they drop it off at a dealership, wherever the car might be. So um, the car will then go back to uh, usually an auction or, or a place like a compound, um, whereby it's then inspected and then they'll decide whether or not they accept it and whether the few scuffs and scratches and dents and bits and pieces are, are acceptable, or whether they're not. and if they're not acceptable, then they'll then flag the car there'll be you know and then there'll be a set of charges go down against that car and they'll send them back that, those charges back to the company that leases the car. Now sometimes you'll, if you're a company on a company umbrella, you'll be leasing the car yourself and your company will be giving you an allowance, but there'll be a lease deal with that company. So I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but you know, it, I bore everybody who's on a personal lease about this bit, but you know how it basically works is sometimes it's your lease, you just get a discount through the lease company and it's done at a blanket deal. So you still are dealing directly with the lease company. So the latter <clears throat> means that it might just be the same as a personal lease. If it's doing the other way around, in other words, the company leases the cars, you drive the car for the company, then the company may get that bill back. And in your normally, a company will have in your contract of employment, will have a clause in there about the way you manage your car, and it will be usually something like, you manage your car, it's your company car, but you need to fall within the BVLRA guidelines. In other words, you can't send it back with a great big dent in it. Um, and so, uh, you know, obviously the lease company need to sell that car. So this outlines something else, which is important to all of you listening. If you've got a lease car or a PCP, the, the lease company, um, won't get the profit until they've sold the car. So they're going to provide a car for you and a service for two years. And I don't just mean servicing. I'm talking about being on the other end of the phone when you, when you can't find a service place or something. Yeah. And, you know, there's a whole load of reasons why you need the lease company, you know. If you're leasing the car and you want to extend the lease a little bit longer or, or you know, um, loads of reasons. You know, yeah. the tyres... Well,
0: it's basically any issues that come up... In, yeah, so that, you're buying that, that service... Contract, yeah.
1: yeah, so you're buying that service for two, three years. Most of them are three years. And then the lease company takes the car back. Usually they sell it, it's, you know, and then... Once they sold it, they, you know, let's use an example, so a 30 grand car, you have it three years, they've still got to get nine grand back, you know, for it, to work for them. And the nine grand, usually their profit is within that nine grand. So, you know, all their, all their costs and everything else, that nine grand is what they need to take the profit after three years. Yeah. So it's quite a thing for a lease company, you know, it's not, it's not you know, money for nothing. They're, they're providing that car and that money on a risk and uh, that you're going to look after it. And then when they do sell it, they need to get a respectable figure for it. Well, they that need to maximise matter. the sale. Yeah. To they need the, yeah. Most, the most money that they can for that in order to yeah, make it. It's, it's, yeah, they've got to get an acceptable number. I mean, it's this figures thing. It's not so much about, like you might be doing, trying to sell your car the weekend. They The car will be auctioned, and it will be sold at the value it's worth, and if it's in reasonable condition, that would be the price. And, uh, you know, obviously... Uh, the dealers who are buying the cars then reselling them, most of the time that's how it works at an auction, the dealers will be wanting to put that car up for sale for the, for the next user, so again the dealer will be looking out for a car that's in reasonable condition because he doesn't want to put a car on on their site um, uh, that's for sale with dents and scratches around you know, so they'll need to do a certain amount of rectification, so the price of the car and the value of the car will depend on its, yep. on, on its condition and a lot more uh, there's a lot more emphasis on the physical condition of a car than they, there ever was. And it's always going to be that way now because cars are becoming a lot more reliable. Yeah. So, that you know, gone are the days when you're looking under the bonnet and see where the alternator and start motor work. You know, your old dad used to go and fix it and tighten up the fan belt and all that. Nowadays, it's, you know, now yeah. they're looking at the condition of the car. Has it got dents? Has it got yeah. scratches? Can I put that on my car for sale? Yeah. Or otherwise, have I got to spend yeah. another... Two months. So bring it back
0: it. to the fleet manager. So the fleet manager is looking after these cars. He's maybe looking after a whole fleet of businesses. But what what if you're dealing with a one-to-one?
1: Right, so if you're returning the car, we'll come to that. If you're returning it and it's your lease, but you're in a company, then treat it like it's a personal lease. What I would do is I'll come back to i I still think it's worth talking to your fleet manager because... He or she will be a lot wiser about what's gone on in the past, mainly, and they'll be able to give you a lot more pointers. And sometimes they'll have a look at the car with you, or give you know you might be able to email them a couple of pictures and say, look, I'm going to give my car back. You know, you know you've already returned 20 to that company this year. What do you think? And they, most of the time, will help you because you're asking them before the problem arises. It's, you know, They're used to people calling and going, ah, 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 that yeah. wasn't on there. I don't yeah. want to be charged. it also
0: removes any grey areas of when actually you do return the car. At least you've both got clarity either way because it's been advised one way or the other that this is OK and it's not OK.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't expect a, a fleet manager to manage every car. No. So they're just going to give you some basic advice. And most of the time it is what I'm about to tell you. But at the same time, uh, they will have had some personal experiences and, you know, they'll be able to say all oh, wheels, do you know, whatever it is they know and a little bit of that knowledge. And also, uh, you might be able to call them back should you have got a big bill and you suddenly think, God, you know, I didn't expect this. You might be able to call them back and say, look, I've got this big bill, I called you before, would you be able to help with this? You know, maybe they're, you know, being unreasonable or not. Most of the time, by the way, the lease companies aren't unreasonable. i will get to that a bit further down the line. So that's if it. it's a fleet. It, so let's just define what we're talking about here. If you're under, you're a personal lease person, you lease the car directly from a, a dealership and do a lease or directly through a lease company. You've been online, you've got your lease company. It's you okay. and the lease company. This, what I'm just talking about now, is you work for a company, the company leases a fleet of vehicles, and it's a company car, but it's leased. Yes. And a company car driver will be under a different set of kind of, you've got a double set of rules here, because I'm working for the company, so that car gets damaged while I'm working for the company, then I'm insured by the company, maybe the company insurance. So, But also I'm expected by the company to keep it to a respectable standard. So, and that standard, the company will usually make reference to the BVLRA, which is the company that's, you know, they've got the body that set the standard for fair wear and tear, okay? So, let's let's say, at the moment, what we're talking about is ask your fleet manager how it all works. What do they know? Now, there'll be some poignant questions that I'll mention later that are important to you, whether or not it's a company or not, but you may find that your fleet manager will know the answers to these questions. So, we'll come to that further down the line. So, let's go to the personal side now. Yeah, let's go to the personal lease. So, you've got a personal
0: lease, you've got a scuff, uh, a bumper, or you've got a couple of scratched wheels on the, uh, a couple of
1: scratched alloy wheels. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's the process and what would you advise with that? Um, right, okay. So, most people uh, come to us with a scuff wheel or a dent or something. They ring us and go, Hi, oh, yeah, I've got to give my car back and I've got a scuff wheel. Um, and then they'll say, you know, and that's the reason that's triggered the response. You know, you've got, oh my God, will they charge me? Won't they? What do I do? You know, I've, I've damaged my car a bit or it, you know, and there's all kinds of things. Oh, it, it wasn't me that did it or I was doing it, you know, during business or whatever, all these things happen. But here's some first off advice about that. Um, most people only know damage between the height of their knee and the height of their shoulder and the wheels. So if you think you've got a scuff on the wheel and a dent somewhere, I can guarantee you this, uh, that it will be somewhere between the height of your shoulder and your knee and or the wheel, right? So everywhere else doesn't disappear. What happens is that it's just a psyche thing um, that you think that you know your car. And what also happens is that you've got this scuff on the bumper and you think, oh, well, i put that right. The whole car's right. And actually also think there is nothing else because I've, I've seen a little tiny little dent around the other side and somehow that qualifies in your mind that there's nothing smaller than that. Because if I can see something that small, there can't be anything else on there. And if it's any smaller than that, it should be acceptable. Yeah. So there's this subliminal psyche, whatever you want to call it, um, thing that's going on inside people's minds that they know their car. And I can tell you from experience, they absolutely don't. <laughs> okay, and uh, yeah. unless, unless, and there's there's probably one in a thousand people out there, and, and actually probably I'm exaggerating. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, well, there's probably one in ten thousand really, where I'm coming from, um, that actually really do know their cars, and partially the reason is that you've got to be one of these anal people that clean cars weekends. Anyone who's listening out there that knows what a clay bar is may actually qualify as somebody who actually knows yeah. what their car If you don't know what a clay bar is, yeah, yeah. then you don't know your car. Yeah. I can tell you now. So if you know what a clay bar is, you can switch off right now. Okay? Um, but for those of all of you that don't, um, then you don't know your car. Okay? So what we're talking about now is the, there are things that the lease company looking for. One of them could be a lock-in wheel yeah, and most people wouldn't even know where that is or what it is. It's a little thing that goes on the wheel bolts to, it's like a key, and it allows you to take the wheel off uh, so that nobody else can take the wheels off. <laughs> and it normally fits in a little pocket in the boot. And most people don't ever see it or touch it, but it's been touched and seen probably four times in the three-year lease. Yeah, And that little key is to, to get the wheels off, because when they're doing servicing, most of the time they need to get the wheels off. So, it won't even be you that's touched it. Most of the time, it will be a mechanic or a car, tyre people, or, you know, uh, it certainly isn't, uh, you know, it could even be a kid that's opened up your glove box, <laughs> been in there, someone yeah, else has yeah. been in there looking for a pen, yeah. maybe. But, you know, sometimes the, the locking will nuts in the glove box. But, you know, a lease company will be checking for that because otherwise, you've got to try and machine the wheels off. You've got, it's a very important key most recharges for that or either my experience is either 500 pounds as a recharge or i've seen recently a couple of uh recharges for only 120 but either way 120 pounds for a little nut thing that's happens and let me tell you where they are if they're not where they should be okay because um most of the time this is where we find them um, you know, you lift up your boot carpet, you've either got a little kit there and occasionally you won't even have a locking wheel nut, but even if there is no spare, they do want to get the wheels off and you know, so you've got these alloys and the tyres on them are worth quite a lot of money. So they don't nick stereos anymore, but wheels can be stolen. So well, what are the common, common types of cars that do have wheel, locking wheel nuts? I mean, anything there... with alloy wheels. Okay. So all of them really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a thing that looks like a like a wheel nut, but not a wheel nut, you know. And it goes on the on your wrench and it undoes one of the bolts. So, but it usually goes in a little pocket in the boot. So you then take that and get your wheels off. Um, sometimes here's where we're at, where we're talking about now is that underneath the you know, underneath that felt bit or whatever, then there could be a recess and, and you know, the, the person who's changed your wheels may not quite put it back properly and then it ends up rolling around under the spare when you've broke, uh, you know, braking and accelerating, that's wandered off somewhere. So, uh, you know, so of course an inspector might have a good look, you know, uh, you know, don't expect them to be looking for half an hour in the rain, but, you know, they'll look where it is, they'll look in the glove box, they might look in the centre console, but then where else do you look? There's pockets all over cars these days, and it could be anywhere. Your responsibility is that 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 one-up is available. It's yeah. readily available. So... Even a lock in nut. So there you are standing there with us saying, hi, you know, I've got my scuff on my wheel and I've got my scuff on my bumper, which actually doesn't don't really matter. <laughs> I'll come to that in a minute. And the lock in nut is actually wandering around under the spare wheel or, or maybe in some, you know, obscure place where it shouldn't be and certainly not anywhere some and that that's much apply. yeah and that's going to be that's going to be a more heavier penalty and it's more important than the other absolutely yeah. yeah and you haven't even started yet i mean you know this is this is not nothing to do with the, between the knee and the and the shoulder you're, you're already focused on you're already 500 quid down and you just drove <laughs> turned up with the by giving them just parking the car and getting yeah, out yeah, yeah yeah and uh you know i'm not here to frighten everyone it is real you know um but at the same time you know but people,
0: people need to know this because I mean many I don't hate to think how many people have been burnt from that over the years.
1: Well yeah okay so they do and we've, I've seen it happen. Yeah. I, we had one we did an inspection just uh, six months ago. And the guy came back because he bought his son's car back and told me the story of his. Yeah. And we'd inspected his a couple of months previous, and he said um, that he said uh, I got an email straight after the car had gone. I signed a, a, a handheld computer thing, and he said I didn't really know what was signed, But the guy just said, you know, sign here, take the keys and everything. And he said I did that. And then he said, they emailed me back the bill straight away. And he said, I've got a locking wheel nut. Locking wheel nut on there. You know? They're locking wheel nut was in there. We checked it. You took a photograph. Because in our process, we take a photograph yeah. of it. For, we'll show you, tell you about that later. Um, so he said, I phoned the driver and, and made him stop and said, can you get out and rectify that? And then I went, what? And you know, I thought, well, how did you know the bloody driver's number? You know, (laughs) this guy who's collecting his car, well, you got his number. He said, yes. I said, how do you know that? He said, because he phoned me to tell me he was going to be late. So then, of course, I phoned him and said, hang on, you've just taken my car away. The locking wheel nut is in the car. I know because I've checked it. And of course, the guy got out the car at the side wherever he was and found it. And then. Put it back and rectified it, and then he managed to reverse that. So now we're with his son's car now, making sure the locking moon up was in. Yeah, there. It's one of the first ones on the questions that yeah. we yeah. asked. So, uh, yeah, so okay, so now we're at, where were we? we? We're talking about bumpers and well, and we we're dents talking and about
0: personal lease cars, and uh, um, the fact that most people will turn up and, like you're saying, uh, they'll have a scuffed bumper or uh, some scratched alloys, alloy alloys. wheels. And you're saying that most people are only aware of the damage between their knee and their shoulder and there's yeah. other areas of the car that ultimately uh, won't be, uh, will be damaged and they're unaware of. Yeah. And uh, and and then these are these specific areas I would imagine that, uh, that, that there is damage and then later on when you return the car and they haven't been rectified it can come back and bite you in the backside and, and be charged.
1: Yeah, okay, so... Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, so let's so, so let's go
0: let's go to what you know. So let's say I mean I know my car, and uh, so you know that's probably what many people come and say. I know my car, and I've spoken to the dent man, and I've spoken to the wheel guy, and the mechanic says it's going to be okay. So um, so where where. Okay so, stand, all you know, right, so,
1: okay, so now we're at this scenario where you know your car, you don't, we, we just told you yeah. you don't, okay, in the nicest possible way we'll come to that, but you know, unless you know what a clay bar is. Okay, so we're back on that. So um, so your mechanic, a mechanic's going to see a car from a mechanical point of view. And so like, I don't know, like a decorator looks in a house when he's buying it, all it needs decorating. And uh, you know, so will a brickie. So I can build some brickwork. We all do it. You know, we've got our own angle. Uh, what you're
0: trying to say it's a bit like asking an electrician to tell you whether the plumbing needs to be fixed.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A mechanic. Yeah, a yeah. mechanic. They both or, work on
0: buildings, but one specialises <laughs> in electrical stuff, You've and got one specialises in plumbing. And
1: and the same as asking the people directions, they want to help. You yeah. know, and genuinely, they think they know. And I'm not telling everybody in the world world that they don't, but From my experience, I can tell you that most of them don't. Most of them actually don't have a clue what they're talking about. And um, it makes me laugh because people say, "Ah, oh, my mechanic says," and I, I think, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, what did he say? Well, he yeah. started it up, revved it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> or he had a look at it, and yeah. he's now looking between his shoulder and his knee. Yeah. So uh, you know, and, most, even, and then probably hasn't even look, looked for the locking wheel he, he probably knows <laughs> what one is. I mean, you know, because yeah. he takes wheels off. Yeah. But he's not going to know whether he got a bird's mark on the roof. Yeah. Or he's not going to know. And a bodywork person, yeah. To be honest. A bodywork person, uh, you know, a body shop piece of people, they will just look at the bodywork and they're they're a kind of closer to the problem because the vast majority of things we're talking about, not locking wheel nuts, but yeah. the vast majority of recharges are bodywork. Yeah. There are one or two others out there and I need to give a couple of quick pointers to anyone who's, you know, listening right now. The spare key is another one. They're two, two, maybe three, four hundred pounds sometimes because, you know, they're, they're quite a complex bit of kit. And a dealer's found a wonderful way of charging over overpricing for a key that only fits your car. Yeah. So um, but you know, ultimately two, three hundred quid for a spare key. So, you know, you've left it on the wife's key ring and or it's in the kitchen drawer or oh, I don't know where it is. <laughs> but you know, you need to find that and that's something else that needs to be addressed. So a mechanic or your uh, salesperson or your uh, you know your dent guy or your body shop most of the time they don't cover that they're not going to yeah they' they're thinking you know, they're only really specialized in their own their particular yeah, field yeah and yeah. so so uh, so okay so now I'm telling you why and why you know your car's okay and it's not now I'm telling you you can't go to a mechanic or a dent man or a, the dent guys usually will look around the car for dents and go yeah, you will get charged for that one and you won't get charged for that if you asked a dent man what the BVLRA guideline what guideline book was, he probably doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't know the rules. He just maybe knows, as he's gleaned over some time, yeah. that a dent in a panel is chargeable or not. And and by the way, some aren't, because even if they're unacceptable, you might fall under the threshold. Yeah. And we'll get to the threshold in the next few questions. Yeah. Okay, so um so let's say last time last time I returned a car. So let's
0: say I have returned my car before and I was it was okay. Uh, it was all right. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, what's the. Well, the, the obstacles I hear there. That. I hear that. You know, I've well, you know, stuck you back last time and it was all right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or my friend I, yeah. returned their car and they've seemed in good condition. So now now we're judging their car, uh, looking at yeah. it from 100 yards away. Yeah. And then your car and you're saying yours is like that. Or your old My car. colleague at work. Yeah. sent his back. Yeah. And he's was fine, yeah, you know, his was and fine. Yeah. And all that. So. So yeah, okay. So um, the answer to that is that yeah, you might have got lucky. It might just be that your car was was okay, you know, and um, maybe the locking wheel nut hadn't fallen down the back of the spell, wheel. Maybe there wasn't a bird's mark mark on the roof. Maybe there wasn't a crack in the bumper, you know, and maybe there isn't on this time. So you could just do that, give your car back, and you might be lucky again, you know. Some uh, lease companies are a little bit more flexible, um, and sometimes there's a threshold. So you could have a scuff on the wheel, you could have two scuffs on the wheels, it's obvious they're there. And the lease company might not charge you, even though it's outside the fair wear and tear guidelines. Yeah. Um, We'll we'll address that now about that, the threshold. So uh, most lease companies will have a threshold. Uh, What I mean by that is a figure that they have in their artillery, if you like, as to what they're going to charge if it goes over that figure. So uh, let's word it in a different way. So let's say their threshold figure was 200 quid, right? So you've got uh, a scuffed alloy. Typical recharges, by the way, on a scuffed alloy are anything between 60 and 80 quid. So any of you guys rushing off to get so, your alloys? Yeah. Done, so if you've
0: got two scuffed alloys, that would roughly be 160 quid. You're within the threshold, and I wouldn't.
1: Yeah, they wouldn't you won't jerk. get charged. Yeah. There's a very good chance you won't. Yeah. Uh, one thing about this, the alloys. Just a side track here. Um, to go and get those alloys repaired is that sort of numbers. If you can get it done for forty quid, then I'd suggest you have a look again, because the likelihood is, you, you know, you you've got a very really good chance. Unless if somebody's doing it for because they're friends or something, yeah. then you know, sixty or eighty quid or hundred quid is a respectable price for getting an alloy wheel done. So the recharges are going to be like that. And just while we're on that subject. Lease companies aren't in the business of overcharging people. Not in my experience. Occasionally I'll see something "Mm," that occasionally you might get an agency in the middle and they're you know they're near the mark. You think, well, that's you know. I see a lot of charges because it's part of our business. We want to see what people get charged and what they don't. So occasionally we'll get a call. Most of the time, we get a call from people say, Hi, can you inspect the car? They've been and told me you know, I've got all these, you know, I've got the bill. And occasionally, I, you know, the the lease company will send out an inspector, tell them what it's going to cost them, and let them have a chance to put it right or argue or whatever they want to do. But, so we find out a lot of these charges. So just while we're on the subject, a scuffed alloy is not a big worry. There's only a couple of reasons why we might recommend you repair scuffed alloys. Yeah. So we'll come to that. So the threshold, basically, a couple of hundred quid. Now, just while we're talking about that, if you forgot that spare key and you left that spare key um, uh, you know, on the wife's key ring. then you get a bill back. The scare, the, scare, scare, pff, the spare key could be 250 quid, so you're straight over that threshold. So then they're gonna charge you for the spare key, and then the scuff on the alloy, the other scuff on the other alloy, yeah. alloy. So and a, and a few other things. You could get six, 700 quid charge, because you forgot the two hundred pound key. Yeah. So if you put so the And they're gonna
0: include all the other prices and then lump it all in and then give you a bit. Yeah, of...
1: the same same way, um, uh, if you get pulled over by the police and you've got a backlight out and you genuinely didn't know if well, you did know, but a copper's not going to sit there and write the book out and everything else just for the backlight. If then they get out and find well, out... You've you got, got bold
0: tyres there. and That's uh, you, it. You know, and,
1: uh, then they're going to go, bold tyres, uh, you know, whatever. And no then,
0: insurance. And uh, you Oh, look, there's a warrant out for your arrest.
1: You're going to come are, you refer, me, are you referring <laughs> to something that might have happened to you, Steve? <laughs> so, yeah, so if you're going to get, go over that threshold uh, because of... The spare key—it's bloody bana- yeah. bananas. So, yeah. you know that's that's a big one. So the threshold—some lease companies occasionally don't have a threshold. They will charge you twenty-six pounds for a broken number plate, yeah. but most of the time they don't. They don't want all the admin and yeah. everything.
0: Else. Okay, so moving on. So, what are the big things then for people to worry about? Uh,
1: right, big big ones we see are previous um, repairs, previous body repairs. Yeah. yeah, incorrect previous body repairs. So, okay, so. They don't know. At least companies get in the car, right? So the rules are: you have to do, uh, you have to give it back with no obvious signs of repair. They might be obvious to you. They might not be obvious to you. But you know, if if somebody, if it's been to a body shop and it's a respectable body shop, most of the time repairs are good. Um, but they're not always good. You know, you could have claimed, people say, "Oh, I've claimed on the insurance, so it must be right." Well. You know, sometimes these body shops are working to a price. Sometimes these guys working are on big bonuses to try and get the work through the door. Because when you were shopping around for insurance, trying to get the price down, you, you know, then at the same time that insurance company is trying to find a, a blanket deal with a body shop that's trying to get the price down. So, consequently, you might have um, you know something that might not have been rubbed down as much as it should be. You can see filler through a door, or misaligned panels we see. Uh, and we see an awful lot of work where people have got it done by their Uncle Fred. Um, you know, uh, and try to do it themselves. Well, yeah, day. and the, the big one, I'll tell you one of the big ones out there is this smart repair thing. Um, you know, uh, and it's a mistake if you're a body, if you're a, a fleet manager or a, a business owner now, advising people to go and get smart repairs done. Um, again, going back to what we were talking about before, uh, a smart repair technician sees things from a smart repair a repairer's point of view, you know. And uh, normally, and uh, you know, a crude way of putting it is that uh, uh, if if you only have a hammer, every job's a nail. So uh, so let's explain what I mean there. So uh, uh, you know, you go to your smart repair guy. You phone him up at the seeing him come him go past in his van. I do smart repairs, dent scuffs, You know, wizard, whatever he's got and he's round the dealerships every day doing bits and pieces you know and there's no real consequence apart from he's answerable to the retail buyer who doesn't always see the difference between a cloudy panel and one that isn't so the de- the body shop uh, sorry the body shop the the, uh, the, the dealer is, is, is not holding him accountable to the BVLRA guidelines. What he's doing is saying, does that look all right? Can I sell it? Mm. So, the, and, and unfortunately, you know, you think that a smart repair is going to be the solution to things. And, and actually it can be worse than the solution because then you've got a scenario where somebody's gone to the trouble of paying somebody to come round and fix the bits and pieces, the dents and scratches, and then gets charged from anyway because it's a substandard repair. Yeah, and uh, a smart repair person will often make a recommendation to do something and say, "Well, I'll do my best. I'll get it good. You know, what do you think they'll notice and all that crap?" Yes, well, it's one, it's one nine nine instead of five nine nine, and of course, you know, you pick the one nine nine. You know, I'm only giving it back. It tells me, you know, I can get it. I mean, there was an advert which made me laugh a few years ago in the back of the BVLRA guideline book get smart repairs done you know now by the way we do smart repairs so you know i'm not i'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about smart repair guys um, if they do the job properly that's fine but there are there is also a limit to what a smart repair can do you know if they've got a small spray yeah, I think, gun i think and what small you're limits. saying is
0: i think what you're saying is is if you're getting a substandard smart repair not only are you going to pay for the smart repair but when the car goes back you are going to have to pay for that to be done properly done properly yeah or a substandard I think that's what body you're really, shop i think that's really what you're in, in yeah. the context of it that's what you're trying to say yes
1: and, and uh and uh and the same with the body shop you know if you get it done down a bumpy road yeah. uh then you know you've got a yeah. chance of getting charged again and to be fair to the lease company they've got to make a charge blind they've got to look at the door and wonder whether or not that should have had a new door yeah. whereas if they're looking at a dent on the door then at least they can see whether it's a dent or not so yeah. So uh, yeah, of course they have to say no door. So you get you could end up with a much bigger charge than you might have got had you have given it back with a dent. Yeah. So uh, usually I'll just uh, highlight where I think smart repair guys need to be. It's scuffs on bumpers, maybe the touch ups, buffing scratches. Uh, there's you know there is a place in the marketplace for a dent guy, a smart repair guy. It's not we're not ruling them all out, but they need to be in their context. Yeah. You know. So. Okay, so that's, 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 that's great. Uh,
0: so, what about what's the best way to deal with your car then? So, what's the best way for doing So, D- okay, D- so D- we told to you all, all the things return. you shouldn't do. Yeah. What do you what should, what should, should you do? do.
1: All right, so uh, first off, um, you know, you might be listening to this now, you're on the home straight now, you've got to return it in a month. But at the same time, you've got to get your next car. So I'll advise you from the beginning, first off, check your car when you get it delivered properly. If it's brand new, most people are leasing a car, check it properly. You know, The last thing you want to do is get charged for something that was on there when you got it. So second off, uh, you need to make the efforts to clean your car yourself. You know, that's a very, very good way of measuring your own damage and what you're doing. You know, whether it be a company car or not, if they give you an allowance to clean it, if they don't, then roll your bloody sleeves up and start cleaning it weekends, you know. And uh, that's, a, that's a massive thing because then you see a little scuff or a mark on it. You think, oh, I did that. You know, it's not, you're not finding an accumulation of them over the course. And maybe the edge of a door, you can get the touch up and order it online or go to the dealer and, and touch it in before it goes rusty. So you need to treat the car like it is yours. After all, really, it is yours. You know, we don't own the land. When you people say about owning the house and all the rest of it, we do die one day, and the same thing with a car. You know, you, you've got it for three years. You know, you're still paying for that car where you've got it. So you treat it like it's yours. It, I mean, for that period, it is yours. Who's going to question that, you know? Mm. So you should try to take ownership in your own mind that this isn't a hire car. This is not a car that's their car, so I'm looking after their car. You're looking after your car, and you need to treat it that way. So that's the first thing. Make sure repairs are done properly when you put it into the body shop or it's been done on somebody else's insurance. If you get it delivered back and they bring it back and you come home from work at night, then have a look. Don't sign and accept that vehicle back from the body shop unless it's done right. And in fact, before you become an awkward customer to the body shop, when the car goes to the body shop, give them a ring. Hi there, you've got my car coming in tomorrow. Uh, it's a lease car, I will be checking it. I hope you don't mind me saying this right now, but I will be checking it when I get it back. So can you make sure, John Smith, who runs the body shop, that mine's done right? Because if not, it will be straight back on that lorry and back to you in the nicest possible way. And when you check it, if you're not somebody who knows what a front wing is against a back bumper or a clay bar, then take it to the body shop that can have a look at it. You know, there's plenty of body shops out there that you can just pull it up, take it from there, go to a body shop that's recommended and say, I've just had this done. So for those of you listening to this or in Leeds, we're in Chelmsford, you could pop in our place, but you don't want to pop in our place if so you live in Leeds. But if you're in Leeds and you've just collected it from the body shop or you're about to collect it, you want to know what to look for take it straight to a place around the corner and say, look, I've just collected this. I'm not going to tell you where I got it from, but can you check to see if you think it's okay? Or go and see somebody who does know. There's plenty of people in the office, plenty of people around that say, I'll have a look at it for you. Make sure you qualify who they are. You, 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 know, you don't want somebody who we talked about earlier who's an expert that isn't. Mm. Basically, you want the opinion on whether that body shot and the colours match. There's no obvious signs of repair. Get your guideline, it's in there. All right. So that's the first bit of advice. The second bit is that if there's an issue with it and you're not sure if you've got a fleet manager or you've got, you need to get it checked out, get it to the dealer or whatever. You know, I know we all say that, but you know, it's got to go for a service, get it in for servicing and check it because you might assign a disclaimer saying or something to say you're happy with it, but it doesn't mean that you can't go back to that body shop and say, look, this isn't right. It's on your books. I had it repaired six months ago. I've been to the dealer. They were servicing it. They've said that handle isn't the right color or whatever. You know, I need it rectified because it's you treat it like it's your car and you have to give it back. The next thing is for coming to act when you're coming to actually return it, there's plenty of help and advice from the lease companies. You can call them. I mean, you know, they're not sitting there with a the clipboard out waiting for you to call saying, ha ah, ha, you know, you've just told me you've got a dent, <laughs> we're going to write that down. You know, they, it's in their interest for you to be happy. My, most of the time they've got helplines and they'll have they'll send you links to uh, information that you can read to see whether it's acceptable, acceptable or not. Um, and, uh, you know, most of the time it's obvious to you, you know. Um, if, if it's somewhere and you haven't seen it we'll come to that in, in a minute but let's say that you contact your lease company that most of the time they'll give you um, how the procedure works when they're taking the car so uh, whether they'll send out an inspector sometimes they'll do an ins- inspection for you then to decide what you're going to do and then they send somebody out to collect it a week later uh, or if they take the car away um, and then what happens after that do they take it back to the compound and check it and then bill you because uh, even that information can be useful to you when you're coming up for return. So, uh, so let's say you've looked after the car, um, and, but it's a bit dirty and you're coming up to return, you've got a scuff and a dent and a few bits and pieces. Um, I don't really know about many independent companies, but you, you know, we are an independent, we're in Essex, we do an inspection service, it's independent. We take the photographs. So if you did give the car back, you can say, "Ah, oh, yeah, but I I did have it checked, and I, you know, there are ABC. I've seen you charge me for that. I think you might be being unreasonable." You've actually got something to make reference to. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, for you know, this is a, a podcast that will go out throughout the world, and you know, other parts of the world will be. I know very similar rules. So um, I'd be very reluctant to take it to all and sundry, dent men, smart repair men, all of those people. I wouldn't take it to them for their opinion. Take it for them to do what it is you want them to do and make sure they're qualified to do it. But ideally, and, what you want to do is, realistically, you want to contact the lease company and find out what their rules are. What are their rules, yeah. Yeah, and do those. Yeah. And, and also someone will give you a matrix of charges. So you can hold the thing in your hand. I mean, we had a customer recently, had a scuff under the bumper, and uh, to repair that scuff properly, would have meant the bumper had to come off. So that would have been 250, 300 pounds. He called the lease company, said, what would I expect for that? They sent him the leaflet, they sent him the information to look at, and we quite obviously see that the max charge for that would be 166. So if he did get charged, he might have gone under the threshold, it would have been 166. So, in his instance... It'd be it makes, better to
0: return it... With just the, give it back. But,
1: one, one caveat to that, don't all look under into the scuff and then go, oh, yeah, that's fine, I'm, and it'll be 166. Um, you need to check that it's not cracked or damaged. Yeah. because a scuff is something different to, you know, you've gone, and um, we've all uh, so we've all done it, uh, we can all relate to it, you know, the multi-storey moment, when you go... Rrr, 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 and, you try, and you think, oh, I don't know what of it, get out, and it's all fine. Well, that's yeah. probably because something's cracked under the bumper, you, and it looked fine, but it's actually... Mm-hmm. So when you're... let's go back to the giving it and their guidelines, giving it back in the guidelines. Um, a, an easy way to, to check a car is two people check it, one person's got the pen and paper, and then they've got, in the BVLRA, or in your lease things, they give you a checklist. A lot of them do, you know. So you'll a- actually go round the car. One's holding the checklist, um, and the other one's going round on their hands and knees. It's, it's not rocket science. Under bumper, is there any scuffs or cracks? Yeah? Front wing, is there any scratches? Is there any dents? Yes or no? Once you've got a list then of bits and pieces on there, like, oh, there is a scuff on the mirror, yeah, you might be able to go down to the Halfords and get some teacup and a bit of touch-up, and you could save yourself some money, because sometimes there could be a scratch on a panel, is a scratch acceptable, yes or no? Well, an inspector's not gonna have a buffing machine in their hand and go, oh, well, that is that buffable? You know, is that gonna come off? They're just gonna say, yes, there's a scratch, so you could get your teacup and give it a little polish, and then get the scratch 80% better, and that could t- turn that into a, no, it's not a respray of a panel price, to, yes, it is a, a a panel price, and you've got 250 quid, yeah? And on that checklist, by the way, make sure you check your locking wheel nut and your spare key. Yeah, exactly, yeah. All right? Because they're on there. And yeah. also, a couple of other pointers here while we're on it, um, the correct tyres, yeah? People do this... Um, you know, uh, I don't know the tire firms are, are drilled on this. Yeah, yeah, mate. Uh, a Bridgestone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These Carno Mungongos are the same as Bridgestones. You know, they're made in the same factory. Of course they are. You know, the Carlos Mundongos are seventy nine ninety five. The Bridgestones are one seventy nine ninety five. You're giving you, you know, you've got five months left on the lease. What are you going to go for, madam? You know, what? Well, well, the ones I'm going to go for are the. Cheapest ones, yeah. Well, uh, uh, no. You need to put acceptable tires, like for like. You know, be you know, be reasonable. You know, the the The, list, the car's been provided with stones on it for a reason. So you know you' left again, check your lease company, check what the guidelines are, what they say is acceptable before you go yes, yeah. Some, some lease, lease deals you get the tires in with the deal, so you're going to get the ones the best ones you can, but of course, if they're not in with the deal and you're responsible for changing those those tires, then you know make sure you don't put the, uh, the you know, the, the ones that are the cheapest on
0: yeah, absolutely, yeah, so okay, so is there an abort mission charge? Sorry, um, right, what we're talking what about is there, that?
1: abort mission. So, okay, so lease company comes round, uh, they check the cards just got to go back, send an inspector out, and, uh, and my God, they've mm-hmm. given you like £1,873, you know, uh, and you wasn't expecting that. What you want to know before that moment happens... Is so. Let's assume you haven't done any of the things that we just suggested, checked it, and everything else. But maybe you have checked it, or maybe you're just not in a position to do that. Um, so uh, you've got a bill in front of you. What's? It, ask the lease company before they come round, so they're going to ring you. You're going to ring them, say arrange for it. If that car's collected and you and, and you know they, they they have sent an inspector out, what's it going to cost if I say leave it there and I'll lease it for another month? So what I mean by that is they might say, well, okay, another month's charges are your 179 for another month, whatever that is. Um, but uh, the abort mission is another £159. We've got to get another guy out to collect it. You have it another month. So, you know, if you've got £1,972 sticking up your kill, then you're going to say, I think I'll take the abort mission. What I mean by that is I'll have it another month and get the driver back out in a month's time And then I better get the thing sorted. Yeah. And then it isn't a case of going around getting everything done the cheapest. It's making a decision whether you claim on your insurance for some things, whether you go back to a previous bodywork company uh, and say, look, you know, you've repaired that, it's on your system and the bumper, they've just flagged it, it's not in line or whatever these things are. I mean, you're doing things retrospectively, but at least you've got the chance to do it. Uh, If there isn't, an abort mission charge because the car goes back, then you can't do it. Yeah. it? You know, they check it back at base, then you can't do it.
0: So they send out a uh, an inspector out or do they just send
1: a driver out when they collect it? That's the question you want to ask them. So um, some lease com- lease companies will send an inspector out that will talk to you about your car and uh, sh- inspect it, basically, and then tell you what they think. Um, when they send a driver out, what I would also tell you is a driver... Um, is somebody who's probably not earning a whole lot of money, or, you know, there's no disrespect to drivers, but you just want to get the car on and go. That's what he wants to do. Yeah. So, what they do, and I've <laughs> met loads of them, they go, yeah, 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 just sign there. Just Actually, I could start that as a new song, can I? Yeah, 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 just sign there. Yeah. You know, so what he's doing is saying to you, yes, to anything you want to say yes to. Well, I, won't I be getting to you? Is my car okay? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm not going to get charged, I think you'll be fine, you know, whatever. But they're just sign there is what they say. So what I'd advise you to do is actually look at what you're signing. You know, is there a dent there, is there a scratch there? He's not actually looking for loads of scratches so he can charge you. What he's actually doing, he's got his own agenda, he just wants to get home. Yeah. He wants to take that car, collect another seven, get his money, go home. Because what he's got to do is drive that back to a compound and get straight back on the train and go and get another one. Yeah. So, you know, most of the time he doesn't get a lift. It makes more sense for them to send him down for Derby or wherever he's coming from. Yeah. So he's going he's to want to try and please you um, because he just wants you to sign it and you go. And if he says, oh, well, actually, yes, we will be charging <laughs> you. I've just done one there last week, I heard of £2,159. You know, then um, you, you, you're going to be all over him like a rash, aren't you? Oh my God, what about yeah. mine? Yeah. I'm not, you know, yeah. that's not a dent. You yeah. know, you could stand over here, you know. So yeah. they've done that once and then, uh, uh, you know, so now they take the easy route. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that about every single driver, but it's just my experience. Yeah, you know?
0: so let's say that I did get a £2,159
1: charge. Uh, Can I appeal that? Is there actually an appeal process to it? Yes, there is. Uh, I don't know an awful lot about the appeal process. I know enough. I know that the BVLRA people are are there to to contact... I would say to you that if you haven't, got, you haven't checked it, you haven't got photographs, you haven't done a lot, all you're really doing is arguing what the costs are for the damage that they've got the photos of. Because yeah. you can't actually say that wasn't there yeah. because you haven't got any proof unless you have had it inspected or you've inspected it and wrote that stuff down and documented it. Yeah. If, and that's something we do. But uh, obviously, if you uh, haven't done that, then realistically, you're you're not actually asking them a judge whether it's fair or not. What you're actually asking is is the figures fair because yeah. they've can't... got the photographs already. Yeah, exactly. There's the car; it's been already been auctioned, but by this time, it's gone. And There's can you bloke? But can I it. argue that? Uh, you can argue it, and yeah, and uh, there is an independent process. You know, the the, the guidelines will, will allow you to do that and the arbitration process is the right word, I suppose, um, you go to the BVLRA, and then they've got a process, and what so I'm... So the s- governing body will oversee it, like... Yeah, a, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's not something I've actually followed. For it. I've spoken to people that say I will. I think they, you know, they. I think you have to pay some yeah. something towards it. But it, to be honest with you, my experience is most of the time, people are jumping up and down, it's too late. Yeah. You've given it back. And usually if, uh, and what I will say is if you do it properly, most of the time you, you'll you be fine. Yeah. So like saying things like, I'm going to take
0: my business elsewhere, or I'll never lease a car, uh, and a car again. Does that ever <laughs> carry any
1: weight or? Uh, no. Um, most lease companies are big enough to, it's not big enough okay, to Okay then. <laughs> uh, no worries. Thank you, thank you sir. Bye. <laughs> no. the the <laughs> well, the, I'll take the business elsewhere. Well, they're not the, you're talking to somebody who's in the return department. And actually, although they should be customer orientated, you know, in the, in the you listen to the, the top people in the company, everyone's part of the business. But the reality is, the people that are collecting the cars or even involved in the whole return process, even the people you phone on reception, are not involved in the sales or the deals. Yeah, and no, so, I, I
0: know, have no weight in the business anyway, and have no, no influence no, no. at
1: all. So it's pointless
0: even saying that to
1: these people because... They're going to, it's not going to mean anything to them. Means really. nothing. And, yeah. you know, and might, they might even say, oh my God, please yeah. don't, you know, we'd yeah. love you to stay, but yeah. actually, does that get them any, you know? And the last question, well, last might, point. You might
0: even have a driver that says, well, I don't blame you, madam, for $2,159. <laughs> quid. i will bleed and go back. I'll okay. <laughs> um, the,
1: the, the last bit was, I'll never lease a car again. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, let me tell you then. Okay, so there's big circle here. This one you'll like. Um, so you're never going to lease a car again. Oh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be able accountable. Well, okay. So you buy a car. Yeah. So how long are you going to own it? Roughly, uh, most people yeah. maybe three years. You know, maybe the similar period. Yeah. Maybe a bit longer. Maybe not. I don't know. But you know, so you're going to give you. You're going to go to the dealers and trade it in then. Yeah a dealer's going to do the same thing. You know, a dealer's got to take it in. They're just buying it from you and not buying it from the auction. They're going to want to qualify. If it's your car, you would actually go and get it looking the best you can to get the best value for it. Yes. That's the, the, yeah, you've got it in one. But you know, so the point to make here is I'll never lease a car again. So that means when somebody dents my car, it doesn't matter then because it's mine. Well, actually it does. You know, because the reality is if you're going to trade it in at the dealership or if you're going to sell it privately, you know, you look in the auto trader now, car, dented and scratched, none of these things were my fault, I didn't lease a car last time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I leased a car last time, this time I've decided to sell it myself, yeah. and I've got a dozen dents around it, yeah. will you come and buy it for, and give me a fair price. So, yeah. you know, the answer is, if you're leasing a car, it's just the way you pay for it, you need to pay for it, um, and if you want to pay for all the damage, you know, you want to damage it, pay for it all, it's only a money thing. Yeah. You know, whether you lease it or not, or which way you do it, if it's only money, then... Uh, However way yeah. you're going to look at it, it needs to be repaired. If it's going to be if you want to back save, to a if lease... If you want to save money. And if you want to save money. And, and, if you want and to get the best, Yeah, absolutely.
0: OK, so, I mean, that, like, like I said at the beginning, that is a minefield. The whole the whole lease return uh, arena is a, a minefield. But I, I think Gary's covered a lot of really important facts and topics yeah. around this and tried in the short time that we've got... Uh, in this hour, to um, to give as much information. Uh, to you so you're fully, fully informed of knowing what to do what the processes are and what the best way to deal with your car if you have got a lease car and you're returning it um, so I know that you yourself you are a BVR LA inspector so how um, do they how would they book in if they're in the Essex area how can they book in or if they're outside of the area and they want to bring it to you how can they book in and, and uh, see you and, and when would be a good well, time let's, I'll
1: bullet point it quickly if you're not in our area then um, you know we're in there southeast. Then I will give you five bits of a, a bullet points. We'll see if there's five. Uh, first off, manage your car like it is your car. It is your car from the beginning. Check it over and make sure you look after it. Make sure the body shop repairs number two. Uh, any repairs you have done are correct. Servicing's done. The tyres are correct and all of that stuff. Be aware that you don't know your car if you're not cleaning it at weekends. Make an effort to clean your car. Good exercise. Look after your car and, uh, and that will pay your dividends. And don't take advice from people that don't understand what they're talking about. It's not that they're trying to... It, even some of you think, oh, well, you know, you would say do the wheels. You know, well, they would. Maybe they're a wheel guy. But the reality is they probably have done lots of lease cars before and they think that that's what you do. Because otherwise you might get stung and charged. Well they're not wrong, you may have got charged for those wheels, but the reality is the figure's similar. So be aware of the the charges and be aware of the, what the really charges the most expensive are serious charges of damage you didn't know about, crack bumpers, damage that misaligned panels and previous repairs and uh, you know and also take advice from the lease companies you know, talk to them, get the the guidelines, read up. If you're not good at reading up on all this stuff, get someone else who could help you. Check the car before it goes back back properly. Two people need to do that. Plenty of space around it, plenty of light. Get Get the pen, get the checkboard. And then when you've got what you've done right or wrong, then... To go about it in a professional manner. Sometimes you can send photographs to the lease company. Sometimes you can um, you can find out what this whether or not the inspector is going to come out and what they're going to charge. There's a matrix of charges sometimes as well. You can say there's a dent that should be that. And you've also got a bit of an argument when you give it back. Uh, one of the things, as well, is when you give the car back, sometimes lease companies are a little bit more forgiving if you said, Well, I've got charge of three wheels. So take some photographs. If you can't come to us, take some photographs of all these things as well. Get your phone, mobile phone, bum, 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 And then you've got a load of records yourself so that you can say, Well, I did take photographs of the wheels. I don't want to be funny, but one of those wheels isn't that bad. Would you let me off? And some lease companies will say, All right, then, if you pay now, then we'll let you off the other two, you know. So, so okay. So you want to you want to come to us? Let me tell you what we do. Give us a call. We do an inspection. At the moment, the charge is only fifty pounds, including VAT. It takes just over half an hour to do it. So you need to get the car clean before you come to us. Bring it in. Uh, we check it with you, so you know exactly what you're looking at. We look at it with you. We load it up on a, on our system, so you've got a, a record of it. Uh, it's we do photographs, we do that together. And we do, we even do a video. If we do the little rectification things, we can't repair everything, but we can send you in the direction and give you the advice on what to do. Uh, if there are bits and pieces that you're not sure of, you can often ring the lease company, as I said earlier. Guy I rang recently and found out he was going to get charged a lot less. Uh, than he otherwise would have done if he'd have got it repaired. So he's gone, gone to the trouble of getting it all done when actually he could have just returned it. That's often the case. People get all the wrong things repaired. Remember, if you're going to get something repaired, don't be getting it done by somebody who can't repair it properly. Yep. There's a lot of arguments out there between body shops and smart repairs, and rightly so because the Smart Repair people are often being persuaded by people that want to get things done cheaper to do more than they can do and often they, you know, like humans, they often can be persuaded and therefore you get charged double. So, if you want to get it to us here in Essex, uh, just give us a call or you can send a WhatsApp video if you want. Go on there, contact us. Yeah, which is www.newagain.co.uk. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we got some helpful advice and videos on our website as well. Uh, or, you know, listen to this podcast again with your other half and get out there and roll your sleeves up. Absolutely. and <laughs> So great. So thank you very much, Gary. Uh, you've been in a wealth of knowledge as per usual.
0: Uh, so we're going to end the podcast now. Um, uh, Again, thanks to Gary for imparting all of his knowledge. Uh, We'll be back again with another episode of the New Again podcast with another uh, topic which will be relevant to you car users and you car enthusiasts. So this is me signing off. Uh, My name is Stephen Jakes, and good night, Gary. Good night. Nice to talk to you all. Yeah, we look forward to seeing you and speaking to you again on the New Again podcast. Goodbye.